All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I am your host. And the title of this episode is called Rejection. Sounds kind of funny. I know. But we're going we're gonna to talk about some things. So what I want to open up with is uh, a few verses from 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. Because I think it's pretty cool. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. I'm going to say it again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's, it's a, it's a wild life. It's a wild life. It's a wild life. Love one another. Love one another. It's a wild life. So there's another one that I want to read. And this is Matthew chapter five, verse 13. And it's probably going to sound pretty familiar to your ears. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. I just dig that one too. Now, rejection. What's that have to do with rejection? Everybody's been rejected, that's for sure. And everybody has rejected others, that's for sure. We do it every day, whether it's in our thoughts, our words, our actions, or all three. Everybody is rejected and rejects people every day. And when you think of it like that, it's kind of like rejected people rejecting others. It's kind of grim. Oh, that's so grim, but yeah, it's kind of grim, actually. But uh, that, is the, that, is, that is a way of looking at it. And when it comes to it, rejection never feels good. I've heard it said that the fruit of rejection is lust. In other words, when we're rejected, we either want to go and reject someone else to help ourselves feel better about ourselves, or we go get even. Both of them end up hurting ourselves further because it doesn't deliver the type of justice that we're looking for. And that's a problem with not knowing how to handle rejection. And that's the problem of willingly deliver rejection. And I'm not talking about 
Well, hold on. There are lots of forms of rejection. So let's get back to that. Let's wind it back a little bit. All kinds of forms of rejection. I'm talking about job rejection, friend rejection, relationship rejection, any kind of rejection. It all stings. But none of it stings when it comes from those you love and trust the most. That's when it stings the most. And that kind of rejection can shake your faith, most certainly, because something you put love and trust into rejected you. And I'm, and I'm speaking horizontally, human to human. And it can also feel that way vertically between human and God. Now, this is where this is where the whole title comes into play. Because the new covenant doesn't reject anybody. It's because everybody's already rejected. No one can earn their way in to any type of salvation of any level. It's impossible. And Christ is one thing that sets Christ apart from all other worldviews is that that is the perspective. No one gets in. You can't get your, you can't earn your way in. Every other worldview espouses your performance in hopes that you had adhered to a code of conduct or laws well enough that your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. And some of those world religions actually, you know, the reincarnation, you may come back as somebody in a lower socioeconomic status if, you, if your bad deeds outweigh your good deeds, something to that effect. And that's the stark difference between Christ and every other religion. Now, here's the thing is that I get that no, not everybody sees that because I've walked away from the church too. I walked away from what I thought was Christ and God because as a child, I was like, there's no way I can, there's no way I can live up to that standard. As a child, I saw or I was raised in a denomination that had a strict code of how you're to behave, had uh, some fabricated documents that, you know, brown skin is bad, there's a curse, therefore that's why it exists. Those types of things. Those types of things are rejection. Human beings rejecting other human beings because they don't fit into their man-made code of law. And I'm not talking about civil law. We're talking about faiths and religions. I'm not just talking about Christianity, but we're talking about all of religions because they all do it. I'm sticking with Christianity, but I don't want to give the impression that Christianity is the only one that does it. People do it. And wherever there's people, it's going to be happening in whatever, whatever camp, whatever you want to call it. So with all this rejection, it certainly does look like it's about control. 
And that is not what it's about. That is not what it's supposed to be about. And with that, I want to move to something that everyone is familiar with, or most everyone is familiar with probably, but it's the Beatitudes. And that's because the Beatitudes is all about justice for those who have suffered injustice. And what's interesting here is when you listen to the words, you can apply them ultimately spiritually. But you're going to see windows, hallways, rooms, giant halls full of it here in this earth as you live your life. So here it is. This is Matthew 5, verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, I say pockets and windows and hallways and giant event rooms of this type of justice in this world because there are many people who don't see it through their the, the, the their mind and their eyes and their ears they don't see it and i can understand that they don't see it delivered the way they believe it should be delivered <clears throat> and i'm not going to argue with them because i don't know that aspect of where they're coming from but there are people who are very angry with with um the lack of justice in their lives. And I get it because everybody has it. The degree to which it is walked out in socioeconomic and political things, I'm not going to get into that as everybody's doing that already. We already know about that. I'm getting underneath that. Because that's where this message is from. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. It's all about bringing justice to those who are suffering injustice. And that is what does not jive between many of the religious leaders and denominations of Christianity today and the gospel. Unfortunately, today, there are a list of to-dos. And this usually comes by way of pulling the old covenant, the Ten Commandments and the ancillary laws, into the new covenant, which is a mixture of covenants, and which is something that scripture addresses also. And they say, don't do it. Because the old covenant 
is exactly like every other world religion. You have to try to perform to get your way into any type of salvation. And what Jesus is saying is that is to when he, what he's saying to the Israelites is, are you done wearing yourselves out trying to do this law because you can't do it? Now, there is something that's quite interesting about uh, about Jesus and and who was attracted to him. It was sinners. It was sinners that were attracted to him. And that kind of didn't sit well with the religious leaders. It really didn't sit well with them at all. In fact, they were the ones that were not attracted to him. There was something about, something about Jesus's words that the rejected sense um, excuse me, they sensed in his words that caused him to believe that he was telling them the truth about his love for them. There's a difference. The religious leaders didn't have that sense because they were relying fully on their performance to adhere to the law and all the ancillary laws, the law being the Ten Commandments and the ancillary laws. So when you're relying on your own performance and you've come up with your own scoring sheet and you're like, yeah, I'm hitting hundred percent. As a matter of fact, you know what? I can find some ways to hit over hundred percent. Then what do you need? What do you need forgiveness for? You're doing it. The problem is, is that it was never meant. It, it was never meant for, it, it, it's known that it can't be, it, it can't be done. No one can adhere to the Ten Commandments in thought, word, and deed. And in the Beatitudes, Jesus is spelling it out that even your thoughts are the standard. Like if you think, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed off at my brother, sister, whoever, that's the same thing as killing them. That's the standard. That's a high standard. But can you imagine what kind of world it would be to live in where That stuff doesn't even exist. That'd be great. That'd be real great. I'm not going to go down that path for a future, future episode. We got some cool ones coming up with some really cool people too. So the religious leaders rejected Jesus, but the sinners did not. The people who were rejected by the religious leaders did not reject Jesus. That's what I'm getting at. So I'm just going to say it plainly. The people who were rejected by the religious leaders were not rejected by Jesus. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. In fact, the religious leaders hated him so much for, for accepting the people that they rejected that they wanted him dead. And they were successful. That When you paint the picture that way, and I understand when you turn on television or listen to something, you can hear some pastors. So you can hear some people with the title pastor or preacher attached to their name say some really crazy stuff, which is why I read that one John verse where it says, someone who says they love God but then hates their brother, well, they're lying. 
And that's also why it's important for John when John points out, when he says it's not about our love for him, it's about his love for us. Because if it's about our love for him, then it's about our performance. And that's where human beings screw up and seek to, I'll say, enslave other people with false doctrine. And here we are, 2022. So rejection, it stings. And it stings even worse when you think God is the one rejecting you. I know that kind of sting. I felt that when I was a kid, less than 10 years old. The doctrine that I was referring to earlier, one of the punishments for this uh, fictitious group of people was that God darkened their skin for their sins. And I, I was younger than 10. I asked my parents. And I'm not mad at them. They, they wanted to get their family into some type of church. They could have some type of morality instilled in their children beyond just what they were teaching. Now, many families do that. And that is, I understand that. I get it completely because I have a family. I'm from a family and I have a family. And you want to take care of your family. So. I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not angry at my parents having done this. But when I asked them, why would God think that dark skin is a sin or is, is a punishment for sin? They did not have an answer. And for those listening for the first time, I'm third generation Mexican on my father's side. And my mother is Irish and English. So they didn't have an answer. And at that point in time, walked away. Because I thought, well, if a God who sees that as a punishment, well, what do I want with that? Because I'm already a, a brown kid living in a, a more predominantly Caucasian society where I was growing up in the Midwest. So I can understand that. And people are getting spiritually rejected, saying, you know, if you're this, that, or the other, you know, you just can't even get in the front door. And that's where, that's where... <clears throat> It's where it's false. That's what the religious leaders were doing when Jesus's words were recorded in the new covenant. That's exactly what they were doing. And Isaiah says, I'm tired. When, when he's writing down God's words, God's saying to the effect, I'm tired of the sacrifices that you're doing. I think it's sick. I want compassion and mercy because you stop showing it to the people. And on that, I'm not going to go into the whole Hebrew law, because there are many other people who are, per, like they have studied this stuff inside and out, and they know it inside and out. But the point is this, is that adhering to the law was what was kind of falling apart in Israel at that time. And there, too much injustice was going on. And that happened, when you look at the scripture, people are people. We're, like I said, we're all going to do, kind. we're all humans. We all reject and are rejected every day. So I'm not pointing a finger at Israel at all, because I can't say it. I would have done anything different. 
false gods. That's what Israel is in the scriptures. That's what they really get hit the hardest for. The God who delivered them from their beginning, they get hit for having, for having, for worshiping false gods. And then the injustice ensues. And that's the old covenant. We're not in the old covenant now. We're in the new covenant. And Jesus is telling not only the Israelites, but the Gentiles, the rest of humanity. No one gets in. It's only by grace. And that means this. In scripture, people are saying to Jesus, what do we got to do? What do we got to do to get into heaven? What do we got to do to do these things? What do we got to do? And he said to them, the doing is believing. And if you look at the world and the nastiness and all that stuff, the problem of evil, problem of pain, like other people representing Christ and the church, and they're spouting off things saying that they hate their brother and they hate their sister and they hate this, that, and the other. <clears throat> That's why I read that scripture at the very beginning. Because John is saying, if someone's saying, I love God, I love God, but I hate you people. There's something off about that because everybody's made in God's image. And it's very off. <clears throat> and, you know, in this world, they'll never be fully corrected because it's a fallen world. And people can exercise their free will and free choice. So, Not all of it is doom and gloom, though. And, you know, I'm trying to pull you out of this kind of because the rejection thing is, is it can get, you know, it's dark. It's, it's, not a, it's not a place that anybody wants to stay. It's not a place that anybody wants to stay, which is why I, I used that, uh, that. I heard that term. The fruit of rejection is lust. We kind of think that if we can get some, we can kind of trick or, or jumpstart or give ourselves a, a uh, a runaround situation where we can try to get us out of that feeling of rejection. It ends up causing more pain and it ends up causing more pain. Okay. I think I'm going to wrap this up, but my point is all this. Don't give up. If you're thinking that Jesus has rejected you, God's rejected you. I would venture to assume or presume that it was a human being who put some ideas into that belief. Everybody's rejected. Nobody gets in. You can't work your way in. It's only by recognizing the fact that nobody gets in. And you say, wow. You love me that much in the good, the bad, and the ugly. And really, when, when you look at it from the standard of the Beatitudes, the good and the bad are all ugly too. But that is how you know it is really true love. 
That is how you truly know it is true love. Because you cannot earn it and you cannot deserve it. Therefore, you have not been rejected. Therefore, you have not been rejected. So I hope this helps people out there. Because a lot of us, all of us, feel rejected some way, some way, some shape, some form every day. Jesus is the only one who says, I know you inside and out. The motives of your heart, thoughts of your mind, I know it all. I do not reject you. I love you. Change your mind about how you're thinking of me. Instead of thinking of me as waiting to hit you on the head for one misstep, think of me as this. I've seen all your missteps, and I still love you. All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I love y'all.